0: people accept the wages at the rates that existed prior to the uh, Black Death.
1: Right. A maximum wage. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh,
0: right. And uh, how'd that work out?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, of course, there was also a massive rebellion in, I think, 1381. So a few years after the Black Death had ended. So, um, yeah, you're completely right. I mean, this was this was the basically the result of the fact that there were fewer workers around uh, after the Black Death. And so if someone... Was treating you badly. It was a bit easier to get up and say, "Actually, I'm going to go and work for someone else." So, what you what you see after the Black Death uh, in in England, particularly, but not just there, is that people at the very like bottom of of English uh, society have a bit more a bit more power, and this kind of culminates in this in this sort of massive uh, rebellion in, in a few years later. But if you look generally across pandemics and, and wars, what you find is that wages average wages uh, they, they go up uh, they go up by you know quite noticeably actually i think that speaks to something that you're but uh, i think potentially why you refer to this walter uh shiloh thing because i think there is a, a sense after the pandemic ends that uh, certain people and it really is basically always the people who have the least money and the least political power have suffered the most during that period right and so there's a political will to, to sort of try and sort it out. I mean, this another great example of this is after the, uh, there's a big cholera outbreak in the early uh, 1830s in, in, in Paris. And this is the story of, or part of the story of Les Miserables, which of course everyone has either read or seen or knows something about, which was that there was this huge outbreak in Paris and, and the people that died in huge numbers were all the poor and the rich had fled to their country homes, just like people fled New York and, San Francisco a year ago, and as a result, when the pandemic passed, there was a sense of people, you know, people kind of said, "Okay, that that was really unfair. We need to try and rectify these inequalities."
0: Right. So that brings us to the potential downside of the pandemic. On on the upside, we could see a post-pandemic world with a nice little economic boomlet, more entrepreneurship, uh, higher wages, particularly at the low end of the wage scale. On the downside, history tells us we could see civil war.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess that. I mean,
0: Other than that, it's going to be great.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I, look, obviously, not all not all protest is is bad, right? So, like, it's right. not necessarily a downside if it depends on your where you are in the you know where your what your political leanings are, I guess, and where you are in that in that fight. But yeah, you're completely right that. This is something that the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, has done quite a lot of work on, actually, which basically looks at very much more recent pandemics. And so like uh, Zika virus in Brazil and Ebola, which was in 2013-14, and um, SARS and things like that. And they have these measures of like political instability and civil unrest. So things like how many protests there are per year in a given country. And they find... That these pandemic events tend to accelerate or to increase those kind of events taking place, and those and the increase is particularly large in um, societies that are more unequal. So, a society that goes into a pandemic that's kind of fairly equitable tends not to have a big explosion of civil unrest afterwards, but a society that goes into it very unequal tends to have a big one. And the interest, one of the interesting findings in one of the IMF papers is that.